This episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training is brought to you by Better Than Yesterday University. Do you feel as though there are no true improvements occurring? The Better Than Yesterday system is for you. Whether in person for your multi-unit manager or online for your general manager, the BTY improvement system generates results. We know. We guarantee it. Learn more at trainwithbty.com. That's trainwithbty.com. And now, on to our episode. Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 44 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And uh, we are already off script because your last name was not on the script. But I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. I may have taken a shortcut on the script, just potentially, because I figured I would I could do that. But I see now I cannot. So in this episode, we're going to discuss bright, shiny objects and how they affect or don't affect training. I love bright, shiny objects. I adore some bright, shiny objects as well. So let's dive in and play a sound drop that for some reason is not clicking in my head right now. Oh, Tom Petty learning to fly. Sure, or um, the new hit song, Bright, Shiny Objects. Lucas, good luck with that. Speaking of uh, bright, shiny objects, I just want to say that uh, uh, for our listeners, if the audio is a little bit less than what they're used to, that's because I'm sitting in a bright, shiny object right now. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Wisconsin Dells inside of my uh, apparently satellite-enabled Wi-Fi GMC Acadia. Uh, This episode brought to you by the good folks at General Motors. General Motors, where your car has better internet than the hotel. General Motors, you know, not to get completely off track, but 11 years ago this week, we were moving from Minnesota to Michigan. And believe it or not, we stopped at the Dells and in the Wisconsin Dells in the last week of June, 11 years ago, the high temperature was 54 degrees. Yeah, it's a little warmer than that here today. I mean, we are recording pretty early for us. It's uh I don't know. It's 7.30 here in Wisconsin, uh, Central Daylight Time. And I believe it's already 80 degrees. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting a little more of that summertime Wisconsin Dells action than apparently you and Jody got on your trip home. Yeah, we, we stopped there for like six hours and then kept going because how do you do a water park when it's 55 degrees outside? Well, I, I mean, it's not the greatest thing. Uh, but if you had been living in Minnesota, 55 degrees was probably somewhat of a heat wave. It it was actually, but that's a different story for a different day as we told most of that story already. All right. So Sam, I want to tell the listeners how I got to this place with the bright, shiny objects real quick. And then we can talk through what this really means. So 
a couple weeks ago, I was with uh, Victor Portillo and Larry Vigil out in Lubbock, Texas, and Delta did their Delta thing for the second time in my like 15 years of heavy travel where my flight got canceled. I was planes training and automobiling it to get home from Lubbock, and I end up Saturday morning at like seven o'clock local time in O'Hare Airport. And as I'm walking up into Terminal Two, there's a sign for a, a uh, an app on your phone that does monthly uh, employee observations, uh, team member engagement. It does uh, some feedback training and coaching. Like, I'm like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. And the bright shiny object attracted me. Now I was, I was not caffeinated enough to take a picture of that. So I couldn't remember the name of the app because it wasn't something that made sense. So I go and I went online and I Google play search for employee engagement and dozens of apps come up that do this exact same thing. So what I think I hear you saying is there's an app for that. There is. And yet I don't know anyone that uses it. But to that point, I don't know anybody that does like a monthly employee observation. I know a couple clients and, and like Chris Slater's a great example of that. They do the employee engagement survey there. I know a few that do that, but, but there's this app for it. And, and as I got to thinking, and this is where I think the bright, shiny object comes in from a training standpoint, oh, maybe five or six years ago, gamification came the big thing, right? Let's make everything online kind of play out like Fortnite so that we can keep people engaged because it's not about the content or the result. We just need the eyeballs, which kind of defeats the purpose. Then you have all these apps and say like, like Zenput, I'm sure you have plenty of clients that use Zenput. I do. How many of them are actually using Zenput? Whereas it's, it's, it's like the, the old stuff where we are was where it's not that you're doing it to improve or doing it to actually make something better. You're doing it because someone told you you had to do it. So as long as I check that I did it, then I'm good. And, you know, I think that's what I'm seeing a lot of. I think a lot of people are utilizing the tool that is Zenput, which I'm a big fan of. I think some people are overutilizing it. And what I mean by that is they've created 73 forms for everything in the restaurant. And now people are spending more time checking off forms than actually delivering customer experiences. And I think that their shiny new tool that is input is becoming more of a distraction to the business than becoming a tool to be used. Uh, and, and to your point, I think I've got some clients out there that are paying the monthly fee and not using it all. And I've got other clients that have found that sweet spot. So, you know, I think the direction our conversation is going to go today is absolutely not to those clients that have found the sweet spot because there is a use for it. And I think the tool is great, but we've got to make sure that they didn't just unwrap that shiny new tool and they said, oh, we're going to utilize it to the max. And now they're over utilizing it or they didn't get exactly what they wanted in the first 37 seconds. And now they've put it on the shelf. I view it as like three groups of people and it, it, whether it's Zenput, Learning Hub and app that you're using to communicate with your team, I think there's three groups of people. So, so hear me out. So group A is that client you're talking about, right? They unwrap, they realize how it fits into their system and they utilize it as a part of a bigger system. Group B, cool, shiny object. They grab it. 
and they kind of just throw it out and hope for the best. My team will figure out how to use this. Group three grabs it and goes, this can manage my team better than I can. So I'm going to, to your point, put a hundred Zen put forms in and, and the manager's basically going to be on Zen put from the minute they clock into the minute they clock out because there's so many forms and they take so much time that, that that's how I can tell you're doing your job because I can nearly micromanage your day away by tracking what you're doing in a form or an app. I think that's the three groups. And typically one of those forms is, are you on Zenput? Yes or no. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you know what though? I, I know when I was with Team USA and I was doing Zenput, I was completely guilty of that because I am, I am such a prep fool, like, like a well prepped store and a clean, organized walk-in are my happy places, right? Well, and let's think about the role you were in. I mean, you, you were in charge uh, for training of many, many stores where geography was a huge issue. So from an above-store standpoint, from a director standpoint, from a uh, director of operations standpoint, from a franchisee standpoint, I've got all this data coming into my email, and I can see what's going on. and you know, from those levels, that's fantastic. I get to see all this stuff. I think part of the danger too is maybe supervisors start thinking that way. And I've got all this data coming into my email box and perhaps I can oversee my restaurants from my office chair instead of shoulder to shoulder. So the tool starts to become an excuse to not utilize a tool for what it is. And that's a good complementary tool, not a complete supervisory tool. I digress for a second and tell a fun story. I, you know, I don't think either one of us have an anti-digression button. So knock yourself out. When I was running the OER team years and years ago, I was in a store with a, a coach in a franchise who I won't name, but the coach was telling me that as soon as they showed up, they would get a text message from the director or the VP saying, oh, I see you're in store A. Because they heavily used their cameras, nearly supervised. So they would actually follow the coach through the store on their cameras and then notify the next store when they leave or notify everybody when they showed up at the next store. So I'm like, oh, really? And so me being me, I took a box, folded it inside out and wrote on the brown part of the box. If you want to know what's going on, come to the store. And every area we, we stood to do something, I hid it in front, I hid it, held it in front of the camera. All I could see was the box that said, if you want to know what's going on, come to your store. I got a call. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I'm guessing that made you the, the uh, world's most popular man at the time. But even though that was a thought that came to my head, I think that's a message that needs to be delivered. And now your digression is going to take me into one. And as a former evaluator, you know, I can't stress this enough, gang out there in, in listener land. The greatest evaluation of a leader is how your perform team, your team performs when you're not there. So if you are moving mountains because you know the OA is in town, 
My question to you is, why aren't we moving mountains? Because we know there are customers in town. It's the line, right? It's, it's about the customer. It's not about that. And if you do it right for the customer every day, you have thousands of practice opportunities a week, which then means that when that OA shows up, who cares? Just do what you do. I was uh, with a client last week and we were talking about something completely different than we're talking about today, which if you're a listener today, you're probably wondering what the heck we are talking about. But one of the feedbacks feedback we were talking about leadership and somebody said i want to make sure that my store is oer ready and i I mean that is an immediate red button for me it's it's like i get a shot of shot of of nitrous in a in a car and i'm like hey i i gotta stop for just a second and say as an evaluator i used to tell all of the folks that i had the good fortune to visit hey i'm the least important visit you're going to get today and, and just so you know, no matter how bad your pizzas are, no matter how dirty your store is, and no matter how rude you are to me, I'm going to come back. And if those things are really bad, I'll come back more often. But our customers, on the other hand, if the pizzas aren't good, if the store is dirty, if you treat them poorly, they're not going to come back. And they've got something that none of your operations assessment coaches have, and that's money. And our job is to take care of the consumer and deliver a great Domino's experience so that the willingness of them to give us their money is something they want to do over and over and over again. I mean, I'm, I'm deep into this digression now. You know, one of my favorite visits was Deshaun Conti, who's now retired, uh, but he was in Canal Fulton. And I was in his store and it was the first time I'd ever given out a hundred point evaluation. And I was so excited and I ran up to Sean and I said, I'm sorry, you didn't give that up. They earned it, but continue. That is. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that course correction. I went up to him and I said, Sean, man, this is the first hundred. I'm so excited. And he just kind of nonchalantly looked at me and said, you know, thanks. And I'm like, dude, this is a big deal. And what is it you tell the team about the OER to get them so ready? And he just looked at me and he kind of shook his head and he said, Sam, we don't, we don't really talk about your silly little test here. And, and now I'm offended. Uh, my silly little test. This is the OER. This is, this is what everything's about. And he pauses and he looks at me and he said, when this thing rolled out, they told us it was supposed to be a snapshot of the customer experience. It's, is that still the case? And I said, well, why, yes, Sean, it is. That's exactly what it's it. Why, yes, sir. Yes. Let me tow the company line. Yes. So he looks at me and he says, the reason we don't talk about your silly little test, and he said it again, is that we just prepare our store every day to take great care of our customers, to make sure that we're doing what we need to do, to make sure that we're driving the business forward delivering the very best Domino's pizza experiences, following the standards. He said, and isn't that what your silly little test is all about? And I said, well, from the looks of your score, yes, it is exactly what it is all about. And I immediately went from being on the defensive because he called my, the the thing that I did every, every day, a silly little test to making me realize exactly what it was and it is a snapshot of the customer experience and if we simply prepare ourselves for the customer experience 
then that silly little pest is going to take care of itself. Sam, your digression allows us to close the loop because what Sean had was a system, right? He, his, we go back to those the three groups, right? I have, I have a system. I can take this cool thing in and put it into my system and it adds to it. I don't have a system. I'm going to throw it out there and hope, or I micromanage the crap out of my team, right? That's like your three types of folks, right? Sean had a system and that silly, silly little test just became a part of his system. So I think where I'm going with all this is I so want to get some client somewhere onto a monthly observation where their the GMs take five, 10 minutes, let's call it 10 minutes to put it together, five minutes to talk to each of their team once a month. I don't even think you need an employee engagement survey then. Just talk to your team. Like, like we're in this high turnover environment where they can hop out and get another job anywhere they want if they get upset or they think they could get paid more. The, the grass is mirrored fake green on the other side right now. Like I want to help them with employee engagement and the easiest way out and, and all the research says have these monthly check-ins. However, I can't introduce that if you don't have a bigger, broader system because it becomes one of those two other things, right? It becomes the micromanage check the box or it becomes this like, well, we tried it and it didn't work. Who did it? Well, no one because we didn't follow up because we just kind of threw it out. So I, I think that's like all of this comes back to have a system, have a people system, have an operation system, have a sales system. I know we're going to record an interview with Ryan Swanson and, and the stuff he's doing with, with Patterson pizza and, and their sales over the boost week was amazing. So like, like all of it's about having a system and not just going to the bright, shiny object. Yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, I think our listeners are just starving for nuts and bolts. And, you know, you and I like talking big picture and, and, and talking about ideas. Let's give them some nuts and bolts, whether they're going to pick up an app that you saw in, in Chicago hair at, at, at the crack of dawn, or they're going to continue to use a uh, great business partner that Domino's has in Zenput. I think the key to utilizing whatever shiny new object it is that you want is that you've got to look for gaps in your performance right now and attack those gaps with the system and the process and the tool that you're going to use. And as those gaps begin to close and you get to get to the level of execution based on those gaps, start looking for the next gap and pivot your process and your shiny new tool to close those gaps. Because I think one of the other things that happens, Drew, is that we get this shiny new tool. And, you know, let's use Zenput, for example. And we know that franchisee A, B, and C are using these forms and they're having great success with it. So I've got to use these forms. Well, perhaps franchisees A, B, and C have different gaps in their performance than you have. So now you're trying to use a Phillips screwdriver where what you really need is a 10 millimeter box end wrench. That's very specific. Thank you. Just because uh, the, uh, the car folks in our listening group will know why I picked 10 millimeter, but just because you're using a great tool doesn't mean it's the correct tool for what you're trying to fix. 
So make sure you understand what the gap in your performance is and choose the process, system, or tool that's best going to fill that performance gap. And it'll be different for all of us because we, as easy as pizza is, there are plenty of opportunities for there to be gaps in our process from before the order is initiated until after the last bite of the last slice is eaten. So we've got to make sure that we're identifying what gaps we have and go from there. I would take your cake and add a layer to it, Sam. Is there anything better than a seven layer cake? No, really? Like, well, okay, German chocolate cake, but sometimes a German chocolate cake could be seven layers. There you go. I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I just want to add to, I don't want you to, once you, you fill in a gap, I don't want you to change to something else. I want you to build, like prioritize what the biggest gap is that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and then build on, on the second gap onto that because it is really a cake. You want to build a layer cake. You don't want seven separate cakes because nobody can eat seven separate cakes, but I can eat one slice of cake that has seven layers in it. Okay. It might be a thinner slice, but I want to, I want to build the cake up. I don't want to have separate cakes. And that's where the stores get confused because the processes and systems seem to be like, well, this week we're only doing product or this week we're only doing service. And it's, it's not, it's a, it's a build. It's always building up. And so we've got to look at where these gaps are. And I mean, I know you are at this point too, Sam, like I am so focused on the people side of it. I almost don't care about the ops side of it. When you're running 200% turnover or worse, it almost doesn't matter what the ops side is. It matters that we have the people piece that we're hiring for a specific need. We know what the ideal candidate looks like. We know how to onboard them. Then we can talk ops. I don't want to talk about 10 second load times when I need four people. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Let me just make sure I understand the flavor of the cake. You just, or the flavor of the layer you just added on the cake. Neapolitan. Yeah. What I think I heard (laughs) you say is that we've got to stop putting band-aids on our wounds and we've got to find the root cause of the problem and go in and do some surgery. And then once we're done with that surgery, we've got to make sure that we don't do the same thing we did in the first place to create that wound. So as we, as we change our tools and processes to attack the next big gap, we've also got to make sure that we're maintaining the tools and processes that we use to fix the previous gap so that we're getting continuous incremental sustainable progress. Yes, Peggy Brindy, that was just for you. She's the only one that'll get it. Sorry, buddy. Literally what I built my entire company on. No, you're fine. Literally what I built the, my, I mean, everything's about that little improvement each day. And the only way you get there is through systems and processes, but it's not about having like opening checklists and closing checklists and shift change checklists aren't a process, right? What is it you're trying to achieve? What's the ideal state? And then you can back into that gap and what you need. So I think that's where we were going with all of this bright, shiny object. Don't get distracted by what's new or what's different. See how it fits into your system. And maybe just maybe it lets you look and go, oh, crap, I need a system. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I just got a message from the tower. Apparently, uh, they are tired of us circling and circling. So it's time to land this plane. I thought it was as well. 
Hey, listen, everybody, thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, the feedback that we're getting in person when we're out and about on the road just warms my heart. And I'm glad we're making a difference for you out there and continue continuing to give you things that are helping you grow your business and your career. We would absolutely love it if you'd share these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us, and subscribe. This has been episode 44 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. As always, go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.